welcome to this edition of the entertainment from the 573. Hope y'all are doing well on this Tuesday afternoon. It's been a minute, but we are back and we are talking some DC and some Marvel today. Usually this is a Marvel shilling show. Uh, try saying that five times fast, but we are talking some DC today because DC is in the news. Major part of that is because of Black Adam releasing last week. So we're going to talk a little bit about that. Some, some of my thoughts and I have some of Peter's thoughts here too. And so like we, we kind of been talking about it. We're like yeah, kind of felt the same about it. We're going to be talking about that, that especially that post credit scene. Uh, if you know... Uh, gear up because I'm going to have fun talking about it. If you don't, uh, maybe you want to leave for that. But we're talking about that. We're talking about Marvel a little bit today too. Talk about some Marvel stuff that's been going on in the news recently. With a couple of release dates changing. And a couple of other stuff going on with them. So that is pretty much going to be the entertainment pod for today again it's been a while so we're here talking about a couple things that have been going on recently and let that be the pod for this month as for next month there might be a couple different pods of course talking about wakanda forever when that comes out in about a couple weeks now that's going to be out in a couple weeks from this week and i believe the premiere is this week too the world premiere i think is actually tomorrow so we're, we're going to be talking about that when that comes out on November 11th, on that weekend. And talking about that, and I think that's probably going to be the last MCU project unless we get something for uh, the Guardians Christmas special. But we're going to be talking a little bit about that when that comes out. And also, the uh, a pod that we've been working on, and we're still working on getting the details, and we're shooting for some time around November. We're still getting a couple details figured out. It is a comic book movie draft. It's been a while since we've done a movie draft. Been a while since we've done a draft at all. I know we talked about Star doing Star Wars. Maybe that could be something we do down, down the line. I know Rebecca suggested doing a Pixar draft. So if you guys want to see some violence go on, you know, that'll be a pod to check out. But comic book movie draft hopefully sometime we can do it in november and we're still getting a couple details sorted but uh that should be a fun one so keep those pods in mind for november and be sure to go check us out where you guys get your podcasts when when those pods drop be sure to go check us out whether it's stitcher soundcloud spotify you all know the all the various podcast platforms out there so you can go check them out. Be sure to go check out the Views channel as well. With a pod coming later this week. Talking about the, the craziness going on in college football. And in the NFL. Talking about all that stuff. And our World Series being set. So we're going to be talking about that on Views this week. As uh, baseball heads to its dramatic conclusion with the World Series. And as we're about the halfway point of college football at maybe a little over halfway point but nonetheless about the halfway point of college football and the nfl so we'll be talking about that on views this week but nonetheless let's get into this week's pod 
and get a, get that house clean out of the way. And let's talk about Black Adam some. So, of course, Black Adam, something that The Rock has been trying to get done for so long, for I don't know how many years, been a passion project of his. And really, part of it is because The Rock is a busy man. He's a busy man. He's got many projects that he set up to do. And so, it took a while, but it is finally here. Coming out last week. The Rotten Tomato score, last I checked, was around 44%. That may have changed as of now. And the audience score was pretty good. It was in the high 80s. Maybe it's at 90 right now. But the audience score is pretty high for this one. And I guess before we get into like spoiler stuff, we may get into the spoiler stuff with the post credit scene. But in talking about Black Adam, listen, you know with The Rock, you know what you're going to get. You're, you know you are going to get a movie that he is going to want to make fun for for the audience to see. And it, I definitely felt this way. Was it the best superhero movie? No. Was it the worst superhero movie? No. It was somewhere in the middle. The dialogue was a little bit weird at times. Some editing stuff, some pacing stuff was a little bit weird. But nonetheless, it was a fun time. There's a lot of action-packed stuff in here. A lot of it was action stuff. And whether it's the worst comic book movie of the year or of all time, it, no, it's it's definitely not with what the critics are saying. I think Morbius is definitely the worst one. I mean, th this one is certainly not boring. Like Morbius was. This one was anything but that. And had some really exciting moments. Uh, Dr. Fate, played by Pierce Brosnan. Uh, I really enjoyed th that character. Hawkman. Aldris Hodge. Who I've seen in a couple stuff. Really liked him. And what I've seen. Those are probably the two standouts from the Justice Society of America. And I know there's a lot of people comparing them to Marvel stuff. And, I mean, I, I get it. You know, Dr. Fate, Dr. Strange, and Hawkman comparing to Falcon and all that stuff. So, I get all that. But I really did enjoy uh, seeing them. My dad was a huge Hawkman fan back in the day. Still is. And I uh, was really excited to see him uh, do, do some pretty cool stuff. Uh, but Black Adam uh, in this movie is really ruthless. A uh, lot of violence in here. And he definitely looks really powerful in this one. Uh, I know The Rock has been talking about the hierarchy of the DC Universe. It's about to change. Or the power of the hierarchy or whatever it was. It, def it definitely showed with his character and how strong he is in this one. And... We're going to be talking about the hierarchy maybe changing with the post credit scene. But I thought if it, it was a pretty solid movie for the most part. It wasn't the worst. It wasn't the best. It was a good, fun popcorn movie. And if that is what you're looking for in your movies, then you're going to get that, I think, with this one. The dialogue isn't that great. Story, eh, it is, is what it is. But if you're there for the action, there to see The Rock, see it, all these characters interact and fight, 
then I think you are going to be in for a good time and you're going to have a fun popcorn movie on your hands to which you can say, hey, let's go and uh, check it out and see The Rock beat up a couple bad guys, even though he may be a little bit of a bad guy himself. But nonetheless, I think it's a good popcorn movie and uh, pretty solid for the most part. Not the best, not the worst, but it is what it is. And, you know, Peter, we, and again, and us talking about it, we've kind of felt the same way about it um, with, uh, with this movie. And so, in talking about it, let's hear some of Peter's thoughts about it. Um, in talking about it, you know, we talked about the characters of Black Adam and the Justice Society. And pretty much, we kind of on the same wavelength. Um, but I'm scrolling here through the group chat to get to them. Uh, but getting to getting to this, um, he in fact he had a tweet about it, and it's pretty much what what he what he believed. It's stupid, messy, over the top, but still loves it. It's cheesy and. For the most part, it is cheesy with a lot of... You got some superhero stuff in here that's pretty cliche. And I trust Peter. He's the DC man on this pod. More than me, Matt, Rebecca, more than any of us. So he knows his DC characters. And so I trust him when it comes to DC stuff for the most part. Um, mentioned about stuff with the characters and themes that was like, okay, but nothing that offended him. And so there's the DC fan in him, I think, where that comes into play. And he, he did mention something about Dr. Fate absolutely handing, handling Sabak, the villain of the movie. And basically was like, Dr. Fate's hardcore neutered in, in this one. And uh, Hawk, one of his things about Hawkman, going back to these two characters uh, said man is built as this rich guy who has his logo on the seats on his jets and none of it is explained. <laughs> he, he loved it and uh, really loved the justice society as a perfect addition to a group of a bunch of heroes that would get lost on the justice league. He did mention stuff about the editing, the slow-mo. It felt like a Zack Snyder movie with that, you know, hammy, cliched superhero stuff in there again going back to that but it was fun it was really fun and so i pretty much am with them on that part it it's not the best product of superhero movie out there but it is a fun time at the movies a lot of fun stuff in there so there's that so with that said i think let's talk about the big spoiler part the post credit scene of the movie. So if you want to tune out now and, you, and if you still don't know, now's the time to check out the pod and come back when you have seen the movie and have seen the post credit scene. Or maybe you just don't care. Either way is fine with me. You know, you're still listening either way. So if you want to tune out, now's the time to go ahead and do it. If you don't, we're about to talk about it. Three, two, one. Guys, Superman is freaking back. I know that's not on the same level as me getting excited about UT beating Alabama on the Views Pod, but trust me, I'm as, I'm just as excited about Superman finally being back. Because one of the points of conversation that 
we've had in this group chat for a long time when it comes to DC and talking about the failings of DC as far as their creative side and getting stuff done. They've been good as far as Peacemaker, Batman, Suicide Squad here recently. But the thing they've lacked is Superman. Is the granddaddy of all superheroes. Being left on the sidelines. Being resorted to... <laughs> yeah, showing up in Peacemaker, but not really showing him. Being like faceless Superman. And then showing up in Shazam and a couple other projects as headless Superman. And so we've been resorted to that for a few years now. And that's because DC doesn't know what to do with Superman. They got all these different Superman spinoffs. And I get the reason, I get a reason why Superman's so hard to do. Because he is such a powerful character. And so you're trying to figure out what would make a good Superman story. With a character that powerful, how do you make it work? So I get that. But then you go to the Henry Cavill stuff and just their dealings with him. Just really kind of head-scratching as to why this was done. And like, why don't you bring back Superman? This guy is one of the most recognizable heroes there is. I know Marvel's made a huge push for a lot of their characters to be recognizable. But honestly, Superman is is definitely by far one of the most recognizable superheroes as far and symbols in like in the world. And he's been left on the sidelines for far too long. And that's been a big point of emphasis in the group chat is that why are they not doing anything with Superman? Bring back Henry Cavill. Yes, there may in the group chat there might be a little bit of you know I like I might prefer a little bit more Man of Steel. It's kind of grown on me. Peter still doesn't like it. it, you know. So, regardless of your feelings on Man of Steel or BBS for that matter, is that Henry Cavill actually was a pretty good Superman for the most part, and he's been left on the sidelines for far too long. And he's a good actor, and he's been doing a lot of other stuff while not being Superman. He's off doing The Witcher. He's off being in the Mission Impossible film. Uh, he's often being mentioned in talks for James Bond. And so, like, he's sitting on the sidelines for far too long. And thank goodness, The Rock, one of the best things that, that he does is he hears people out. He listens to the fans. He tries to give them what they want. He is the people's champ, after all. And so, there's been an article coming out since this movie has been out about how all this post credit stuff came to be. And apparently, it's happened in the last month or so, dating all the way back to before Labor Day. So, if you remember when we talked about Comic-Con... And when they did Black Adam stuff there, and we were like, you know, what about Superman and all this stuff? And there's a couple things with Superman. We didn't know how much The Rock was working on it at that point in time. Where Walter Hamada, who's now out at DC, was like, no, 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 let's not do Superman. But The Rock went to a couple producers, and they were trying to get this thing figured out. And I think if my memory serves right, I think... The Rock's agent, or somebody really close to him that that helps him out, 
is does the same thing with Henry Cavill. So there's an end right there to, to get things going. And so The Rock knew what he was doing and try and listening to the fans. He heard the people wanted, wanting Superman back, wanting Henry Cavill back, to him getting a fair shake. You know, it's kind of like the same thing we talked about with Andrew Garfield and his Spider-Man movies. He didn't necessarily get a fair shake on them. And Henry Cavill, much more so, getting one, technically one standalone movie, being a part of another movie with Batman, and then having a Justice League movie, which wasn't all that good. But he's really only had one solo movie. And so... The man kind of got gypped here by DC. And The Rock found a way to somehow bring him back. And even if you don't like the movie, or even if you don't like Man of Steel or any of the other Superman iterations that we've seen there in that time span, I think we all can agree Superman's been left on the sidelines way too long and that The Rock was an absolute legend for finding a way to get Cavill back in this universe and get another Superman project going with him as our Superman. Not any of these other super other Superman projects. Not headless Superman. Not Superman left in the background where you can't even see him, but you can't you do know it is him. No. It's the real deal Superman showing up. And so when I guess when The Rock was uh, was talking about the hierarchy of the DC Universe is about to change forever, I guess in a way, even though he said that long before this ever happened, it, he did it. The hierarchy did change. He did. He found a way to get Superman back into the fold. And in his post-credit, Cavill's there. He's like, Black Adam, we need to talk. And it, there's a kind of meta line was like, it's been a long time since... Somebody's made the world this nervous. And I guess that could be like a Man of Steel callback right there with uh, with Superman. But hearing a little bit of the John Williams Superman theme mixed in there. And seeing the new costume, a little bit brighter colors. Seeing the classic Superman hair curl. It was like, The Rock did it. He, he, find, he found a way to get Superman back into the fold. And again, we can maybe like this movie or not like this movie, but I think we can all appreciate that he did everything he could to get Superman back into this, into the game here at DC. And he did it. There's a, Again, there's a reason why they call him the people's champ. He found a way to get Henry Cavill and DC working again. And hopefully, and it sounds like it, it's going to lead to more Superman stuff, whether it's cameos in other movies or it's his own movie and that's the way it should be superman should be the if not the head guy one of the head guys of this universe because again he's the granddaddy of all superheroes and you need him out there on the forefront regardless of if you know or not how to make his own movie or not that he needs to be out there. And, you know, also give credit to David Zaslav. Yes, it, there's been a lot of stuff that he's done that you haven't liked. Whether it's some comments, some other things that, that are controversial. Or whether it's him axing stuff. Regardless of that. Was very clear about, like, 
We need to get Superman back. The whole the Trinity of him, Wonder Woman, Batman needs to be a thing going forward. And that he definitely needs to be the face of it. He doesn't need to be neglected. He needs to be front and center of this universe. And so I think you give credit where credit is due. Give credit to Zaslav for saying like, hey, we need to get Superman back. And credit The Rock for actually doing the thing and getting Cavill back. And getting him for that post credit scene where now it can really change the DC Universe here for the next few years. And so who knows when we'll see him back. But it's got the ball rolling. And I think that's as much as we can ask for after not seeing him appear for so long. And who knows, again, it could be that we see him and Black Adam face off against each other. Or we may have to wait a while for that, and it may be Shazam and Black Adam. You know, with Black Adam now in the fold, you're kind of expecting now for that battle between those two to take place. And I guess what better way to make Black Adam show him, show him as the anti-hero that he is by making him the, the antagonist of Shazam 3, or whatever it's going to be called. But... Getting Superman back is a game changer. The hierarchy of the DC Universe did change with a post credit scene. And Superman is now officially back. So, moving on from DC and talking some Marvel. Let's talk a little bit of Marvel here. And let's talk about something I didn't mention up, up top. Was a new trailer for Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania, the first film of Phase 5, the first film of 2023 that is coming out in the next few months. You know, we got Wakanda Forever on our minds. This one's coming out in February, everybody. <laughs> it's not too far off. February is going to be here before you know it. And it's only about four months out. So, first poster, first trailer were released yesterday. And... It looks like the trailer was kind of released a little bit earlier than planned. It maybe was going to be released during Monday Night Football. Again, what better way to get people to watch the Bears and Patriots play than that? But looks like it was leaked a little bit early, and so they decided, you know, screw it. Let's just release it this morning. And so that's what they did yesterday. In the poster... Which I really like the Ant-Man posters, how creative they can get with that. And showing kind of the blue lighting on this one of Kang's face. Which, of course, that's one of Kang's notable features right there. Is that blue face shield that he has. But the blue lighting and with Ant-Man and Wasp right on his fingertips. In their shrunken form. I, I love that. That's a good poster. But the trailer, I thought it was really, it looked really good. Like visuals and stuff. And I saw somebody joke, it was like, this is apparently where all the CGI has gone with uh, with this one. This is what everybody in the visual effects office is working on. <laughs> like, it might not be too far from the truth, but it might not be all that truthful as well, but... Uh, it looks really stunning. 
And we start off really with, I think, a really good contrast with how the trailer starts and how the trailer ends. And which you've got Scott Lang, he's an Avenger, feels like he's on top of the world. He he gets named Employee of the Century at Baskin Robbins, and they always find out. Is doing all this other stuff, even if he does get called out as Spider Man <laughs> at one point. That he's got all this stuff going for him. He feels pretty good. And then at the end, it's like, I don't want to be known. I don't want to be known by this guy. And going into that, of course, we see all the all the ant family, I guess if you want to call them that, together with Cassie a few years older. And so they build this sort of quant uh, this sort of quantum thing where it can send out a link to uh, to a certain place in the quantum realm, and so that triggers everything. And so they get sucked in, and they're all in the quantum realm, and just just everything, just by the weird creatures and everything. There's like a cantina scene that looks like some Star Wars inspiration, which that makes sense given that Peyton Reed has directed a couple of Mandalorian episodes. So, of course, there's a little bit of a nod to some Star Wars stuff. And so, we, so we're so we in the Quantum Realm. It looks really stunning. The visuals look pretty good. And, of course, we get our first look. And probably the thing I think we've all anticipated is our first look at what I think is going to be Prime Kang. The Kang that we are going to be dealing with. From Quantumania on out. Despite how many different versions of Kang we'll see. I think this is going to be the primary one we're going to be dealing with. And it sounds like something happened between him and Janet. While Janet was still in the Quantum Realm. And Kang wants Scott to go steal something for him. Which, of course, it kind of like is going all the way back to the original Ant-Man. Where... Hank Pym was like, Scott, I want you to steal something for me. And seeing Kang, seeing all, seeing his armada that he has there, getting that set up, seeing Chronopolis, seeing all the different stuff here with time and looks like magic maybe. And, you know, somebody pointed out that some of that stuff, you know, could some of that stuff that we, that tech that we've seen in his city could that be some connection to like maybe Kamala's bangles are somehow connected uh, the ten rings maybe and a couple other stuff that we've seen here recently going all the way back to maybe Eternals stuff and so that part is very interesting to take into consideration but seeing Kang out in full force and getting ready to go and looks like probably tried to invade looks freaking great and of course we still we see bill murray in in this trailer as well who's gonna play a part in this and i mean and this was in contrast a little bit to the trailer that we known that people at d23 and comic-con have seen which you get the ending of kang Going to be like, you're an Avenger, have I killed you before? Line. So we didn't get that one. 
But if I had to bet, I think we might get that one in the next trailer. And setting a more ominous tone. There's still a little bit of a lighter tone, even though there's a little bit of a darker tone in, in this one as well, mixed together. But I think it's going to be a little bit of a darker tone. And really setting up what Kang is going to be all about in this movie. Because this is going to be the first time we're going to see him in full force. And, of course, going against Ant-Man, of all people. And mentioned up at the top of this discussion. The contrast between the beginning and ending. Scott, you know, and to use a, a phrase here, kind of needs to be humbled a bit. Having a big part in what happened in any game, being an Avenger, all that stuff, that is pretty notable. And he wants everybody to know his name. He wants everybody to know he's an Avenger. He helped with everything, with the time heist and everything, all that. But then Kang knows him. And so that's like, yeah, I want everybody to know me. He's like, no, I don't want Kang to know me. I don't want him to. And just that sharp contrast between how the beginning of the trailer and the end of the trailer went for Scott. I think it's going to really show a character arc that he's going to go through in in this movie. With that part of mind about him kind of maybe needing to be humbled a little bit after what happened in Endgame. Where he did do a lot of stuff that got the Avengers to where they need to go in Endgame. So I think that's going to be a really cool arc to kind of see how that goes from point A all the way to point B and all the way, you know, all the way through the rest of the alphabet through the end of the movie and see where that leaves them. But, you know, just looking at Kang, I mean, man, I can't believe they're actually going to pull off his comic accurate look here somewhat. And it looks pretty good. For the most part, it looks really good. And uh, Jonathan Majors, I think, is going to bring a really good performance here for this one. After seeing him in Loki, and we're going to get to see him in this one. It's going to be really cool. We're probably going to see him pop up in Loki Season 2. And I imagine there might be some repercussions that might lead to some stuff, some of the stuff that could happen in Loki Season 2 happening. But uh, nonetheless, there's that trailer. There's that bit of Marvel news. Uh, another bit of Marvel news to get to is Marvel switching around some dates here pretty recently. And one of the big ones that was mentioned was Blade. Of course, there's been a lot of stuff going on with Blade that you wouldn't like to see. And there's some valid concern about is Mahershala Ali going to continue on this journey and stick around it sounds like he's just frustrated but i think they're on a good track right now trying to figure out the script they're pushing it back a little bit a ways away into 2024 to try to figure everything out so i think looking at one, one criticism of phase four here has been everything's been kind of jumbled up together no time to breathe and I think this is probably the best thing for them, as which you have stuff, you have all the stuff getting some space to breathe now and not have to be concerned about like going from this project to this project in a matter of a week or two. 
So it's giving him some space with some of these projects. And one in particular is probably for the best, and that is Avengers Secret Wars. Is getting some time spaced out for that. Now, of course, the thing that was big when we found out about it at Comic-Con was two Avengers films in one year. With Kang Dynasty being in May and Secret Wars being in November. And so, two star, uh, two, two Avengers films in one year is really kind of baffling and also kind of hard to do considering actor schedules and who all is going to be a part of those movies and who's going to be directing them. Just really kind of hard to do. Now, it's not going to be, it's going to be a little bit easier by moving it to 2024. But there's still going to be a little bit of struggle there. But it's definitely going to help out. That's going to be spaced out a year apart. Like Infinity War and like Endgame. It is probably for the best. So Secret Wars is now coming out May 1st, 2026. Instead of November 7th, 2025. So give that, uh, give those two movies some space to breathe. You also have Deadpool 3 moving to November 8th after being... Scheduled here pretty recently, September 6th of 2024. So maybe, uh, you know, maybe Blade could have been one of the better spots for that. I think Blade is taking that September 6th date. But I, I've just put Blade at that November 8th date pretty much right after Halloween. But Deadpool 3 going to be coming out November 8th. And of course, we haven't talked about that yet, but... Hugh Jackman coming back as Wolverine. The man secured the bag. I'm wondering how big the bag was to come back and be Wolverine. So excited about that. Fantastic Four, also a casualty of this, moving to February 14th, 2025 on Valentine's Day. So (laughs) that's interesting. But that was the November 8th date in 2024. And funny part about this, if you look at when the Fantastic Four films were released, I don't know if it goes all the way back to the 90s or 80s version or whatever year it came out was, but the 2000s version came out in 2005. The 2010s version came out in 2015. So I guess it only makes sense that we get a Fantastic Four movie coming out in 2025 and not in a 2024 and uh, be creative that way with 2024 and with the foreign fantastic four and all that stuff so that's going to move back a little bit and again that's going to put some stuff out there that's going that's going to give them some breathing room with some of these projects and so it's probably all for the best that these projects get some time to breathe and to be worked on and to be carefully crafted and making sure you're getting a good product assembled and putting it out there and you know 2024 i mean if you look at it now you're gonna have blade in there you're going to have deadpool you are going to not gonna have fantastic four anymore you're gonna have captain america new world order you might have a spider-man film out there sometime even though that's technically sony so there's a lot of stuff going out there but again it gives them some space to breathe and uh, you know, maybe 
makes them go back and reassess some of the projects they've announced and maybe say, let's hold off and let's figure out how do we want to go about this. And I think part of that is because of the success of Werewolf by Night, something else we haven't discussed here recently, in which Werewolf by Night, I really enjoyed that. Really enjoyed the take they did on that. Michael Giacchino, who you know as a composer, directed this not even hour-long special, I did a fantastic job with it. Didn't felt didn't feel rushed at all. Score, of course, as you expect, was really good. And kind of amazed how they went practical for the werewolf. And so they, I think they did really good with that. And I think seeing the success of that, I think you can Marvel can go back to the drawing board and figure out maybe some projects would be better off as hour-long specials, kind of like the setting of an origin story in a way to where they can do that type of thing and the one thing that's been picking up that type of steam here recently is silver surfer to where maybe marvel is deciding to do a silver surfer one hour special where you can really delve into his backstory and i know the fantastic four film back in the 2000s was it 2007 film rise of the silver surfer kind of dealt a little bit with how tragic his backstory is with Galactus. And so maybe you can do something like that. Now, would you want to have it in front of Fantastic Four? Or do you want to have it after? That That's up for debate. But I think Silver Surfer could definitely be a type of project where they can definitely do something like they did with Werewolf by Night. Have it be an hour-long special. Kind of be an origin for the character. And know his tragic backstory and how he got roped into doing something really crazy for Galactus and seeking out worlds where Galactus can can go eat. So I think that's definitely a possibility. So Werewolf by Night, I think, maybe has changed some minds, maybe in Marvel as to as to far as how you can go about different projects, maybe. But with that and with them kind of all right let's spread some of these projects out a little bit more i think it's probably best for everyone involved and try to go back and again try to assembling the best product that they can with these movies because i'm pretty sure they have heard the criticisms of phase four uh not just you know within a certain group of people but with everybody that aren't really tied into all the comic book stuff that they are keyed into this so they know and so maybe hopefully they'll try to go and get some stuff you know try to right the ship with some of this stuff and make sure they they got some good stuff lined up and know what they're doing so there's some good stuff i think with them shifting some of these dates and with them doing a special presentation project like a werewolf by night i think there's definitely some good that could come out of those two parts and where now you got some time to really sit back and, and really get your film, your series, whatever it is, really figure out what you want to do with it and have some of your other projects that are coming out close to these others. Breathe a little bit, get some breathing room. Let's let people have some time with them and how they process them and all that good stuff. So, there's a little bit of Marvel stuff for you all. And I think that's all the Marvel stuff I have for, for all of you. But 
unless there's anything else, I know there's been a lot. There's been some Star Wars news where Damon Lindelof could be involved in a new Star Wars project that might be taking place after the the sequel trilogy, although not directly part of the Skywalker saga. So that's definitely interesting. As uh, Damon Lindelof is really highly regarded. So, curious to see what his involvement is and seeing what kind of story they might have planned up. As a, that's another Star Wars film that we, that we know that's on the books. We got that one. We still think Ryan Johnson's trilogy is coming. Kevin Feige's film. Taika's film. Whatever's going to happen with Rogue Squadron. I don't know if that's happening anymore. But, uh, yeah, there's a little bit of uh, Star Wars news right there for you, which uh, I found pretty interesting that they're going back not back to, to the Skywalker saga, but going to a place after it, not dealing with all that stuff. And they're saying, like, a sequel trilogy characters might pop up. So uh, that's interesting nonetheless. So I think that's where I'm going to leave you all this week. With this time on the entertainment from the 573 podcast, thank you all for tuning in again. Hope you all have a good rest of your week. Hope you all hope, hope that you all will be back in November with a couple pods coming out with our Black Panther Wakanda Forever pod where we talk about that and our comic book movie draft. It might be the week before Wakanda Forever, that it could be that or it could be after, but nonetheless. Be tuned in for that on all the podcasting platforms. Again, wherever you guys get your podcasts, check us out on those platforms. Check us out on Twitter at 573pods. Check out the Views channel as well. Again, Views pod this week, talking some World Series, college football, and some NFL. So thank you all again for tuning in, and talk to you all next time. <laughs>